As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is Jack from the Horrible Movie Podcast. Each week, producer Phil, a guest, and I watch a horrible theater-released movie. We record our conversation, and then we tear that movie to shreds. We keep it family-friendly, so gather the family around the old smartphone, laptop, or tablet and join in on the fun. Just like all the great Studio DNA podcasts, find the Horrible Movie Podcast at Spreaker.com, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and everywhere podcasts can be found. Remember, just because it's from Hollywood doesn't mean it isn't horrible. Sith Pop Podcast is recorded in front of a live internet audience. Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, a podcast that is an armless, legless audio thing rolling down the street like a podcast in the wind, it's Sith Pop. <laughs> Welcome to Sip Pop, streaming live on Spreaker every Saturday afternoon, or available to download later in your podcast feed. Unless, of course, you're a patron. Patrons get perks. Patrons get those perks. Aaron. I'm Aaron Dicer. That was really good. Thanks, From yourmoviefriend.com. He's Andrew Ormsby from Flick Freaks. And each week we'll chat about movies, television, and whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our minds. Welcome, good sir. Thank you. I love. I, I don't have no reason why, but today I'm particular particularly excited to do the podcast. Don't know Me why. Me too. I kind of do know why, at least a little bit. But but like you, it's. I think I'm just really excited to talk about both of these movies. Yeah. And it's not even that like necessarily I'm over the moon for both of these movies, yeah. or I even feel like that you will love both of these movies. But I'm just excited to talk about them. Yeah. You know and exactly. I, uh, it's just, yeah, I'm, I'm in that same interesting spot as well. And I think it has to do with, you know, e- even if even if we have negative things to say about these movies, they're both definitely going for something. And I love that. Like, they're, you mm-hmm. know, the, they're totally trying to- opposite things. But <laughs> That is probably true. Uh, I am I am dying to see the mashup of A Venom is Born. Um, a Venom is Born. <laughs> I just want to see Venom on stage with Bradley Cooper singing right. Shalalalalalos. <laughs> That's exactly right. Um, I am. I'm, I need that movie now. <laughs> I am. I am very excited uh, to chat about A Venom is Born uh, in these two movies together. So uh, we're gonna have a good time. Uh, so let's, let's get right into it. I mean, we've got so much fun stuff to do. Of course, we've got a great Sif quest that you've sent us on. We'll talk about some buried treasure. Um, in, instead of, uh, best ever challenge, since we're doing two movies, we'll review both of those movies here in the podcast this weekend. Uh, but we like to kick it off with Andrew doing some, do we care? Every single week I scour the internet to find out what is going on in the entertainment world. I pick three topics for us to discuss and we must decide whether or not we care about them. Or not. Number one, breaking news, Aaron. People on the internet are stupid. (laughs) Is that the news? Is that the actual headline? Yes. Lady Gaga fans are accused of writing fake reviews for Venom in order to promote her movie, A Star is Born. The only reason why I'm bringing this up, because I hate gossip, is because it does 
entail both movies that we're reviewing today. Yeah. I think this is the dumbest thing. A, if you were excited to see... I don't think that there's a person out there besides maybe us right. who is struggling with deciding, am I going to go and see Venom or A Star is Born? Right. You know, they're totally opposite movies. Yeah, it feels like you know, kind of know which one yeah. is in your wheelhouse. And, I mean, if you're weirdos like us, then maybe both are in your wheelhouse or yeah. both are, you know, worth talking about. Did but you see them both on the same day like we did? But there is something to be said for... Uh, you know, the fact that the opening weekend is so important and mm-hmm. if people are picking one, I can see why, you know, somebody may try to make it theirs as opposed to the other one. Yeah. Do we know how it's running? Like, have they done any estimates on the box office? Box office? No, I only know. I, I looked up after I've like made my initial points on like critical reviews of both of these movies, but yeah. not, not box office. I'm going to bet the farm that Venom's going to take it this. You think Venom will be... Yeah. This weekend. I really do. Uh, overall, I don't know, but because I can definitely see uh, Star is Born picking up a lot of momentum. Yeah, I think if one of them has legs, it's probably a Star is Born. Yeah. Um, and that's not a Lady Gaga reference at all. Uh, that that means box office legs. Oh, okay. Just, just want to make sure. Or Bradley Cooper legs. I bet he's got good legs. Um, no, I think, uh, I think a star is born is probably more on that realm, but, um, but yeah, Venom may, may take the weekend, but I, as far as this, I don't necessarily care. Although I did see it. I did see the very similar tweets on Twitter that were like cut, felt like cut and paste from a bunch of different people. Yeah. You know? Um, so I don't know. You don't have to, you don't have to destroy one thing to love another thing. Exactly. That's how I feel. All right. Next up. Yep. I'm going to give you some names that you might need to remember for because it's this is pretty in-depth here, okay? Okay. You need to remember... This is video game news, by the way. You need to remember the uh, video game developer CD Projekt Red. Okay. You need to remember the name Andres Sapkowski. Okay. Is it, am I going to have a quiz on this? No, it's just, oh, okay. you know, it's just for help because okay. I'm going to be throwing out a lot of stuff and it might help. But you I like, don't know who either of those things okay, are. I just told you CD Projekt Red is a video game developer. Okay. And Andres Sapkowski is an author of books. Okay. okay. All right. Uh, he wrote the Witcher series. Okay. And CD Projekt Red turned those into video games. Into the video games. All right. Okay. So now now you're all caught uh, up. Okay? I, I'm, I'm all set. I'm all foundation. Right. Andres Sapkowski is suing CD Projekt Red for $16 million because whenever he initially was giving the rights to CD Projekt Red for the video game, they asked him, hey, do you want a percentage of our video game? And he said, no, video games are stupid. Just give me a couple thousand dollars now. And it became one of the most successful video game franchises ever. Right. And it's being turned into a Netflix show with Henry Cavill. It's Mm -hmm. getting huge. So now he's like, but I want my money. And they're like, we offered you money. Right. So now it's this whole thing. And I am not familiar. They're both obviously from Poland. Yeah. Uh, I'm not familiar with Polish law, so I don't know how their copyright laws work over right. there. Could be interesting. Yeah. What do you think? Well, it, it all depends on the contract they signed. And if there's no contract, you know, it's kind of a, you know, they said, they said kind of thing. And the judge will have to figure it out. Um, this is This is why we have court systems and judges and when there's disagreements like this but uh you know it i i heard the other uh you know this is appropriate to what we're talking about today because uh i was listening to somebody talk about venom and the fact that venom was and maybe it wasn't venom maybe it was another character but i thought it was venom anyways it doesn't matter principles right whether i'm right about the details or not okay uh just give me permission to be wrong because i might be um, but that somebody wrote in to Marvel and said, hey, what about this idea for, you know, uh, a suit that is alive, that is, a you know, um, you know, takes over Spider-Man so that he can have a black suit. I actually know, kind do of thing. think that's right. And so it was a it was a fan that wrote in. And then whoever it was, whether it was uh, I don't know that it was Stan Lee, but somebody like Stan Lee wrote back and said, hey, here's 250 bucks. Yeah, can that's we, exactly it. Yeah. Can we use this in the comic books? OK, so. $250 is now a major motion picture, yeah. and that's the same question, right? Is this 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 fan that wrote in could feel like, oh, man, 
That was my idea. You know, why don't I get at least a part of it? And it's because you sold your idea to them for 250 bucks. You know, exactly it. And I guess there is probably precedent somewhere for a judge saying, well, but maybe you didn't know or maybe you were taken advantage of. So here's some extra money. Yeah. But I don't know. It'd be hard to argue that for somebody who, you know, said, ah, just give me some money and you guys can have yeah. it. Because in this particular case with Andrej and CD Projekt Red, they offered him the percentage. Mm-hmm. They didn't just say, hey, can we buy this for such and such? And then it went on to make. They offered him yeah, the so percentage. Yeah, so there's even that extra level. Yeah. Yeah. So it'd be interesting to see where that one goes. Yeah, for sure. Number three. Yep. This re- You're not going to care about this, but I just need to say it because it <laughs> makes me. I don't care. Because it makes me so mad. Okay. Okay. They've released the title for the upcoming Spawn movie. Yeah, I don't care about this at all. I just want to... Why does the title make you mad? Here's the title for the new Spawn movie. All right, I'm ready. I'm ready for this. Spawn Ellipsis Do You Believe? Question mark. That is the dumbest (laughs) title for a movie I've ever heard. Spawn is my favorite comic book character ever. And you guys send Spawn uh, this past week. Yeah, Cinema Sins did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and uh, you're right. It's a terrible movie. And I was mad as a kid that it was so bad. And now I'm mad all over again because you're reminding me of how b- mad I was. <laughs> and then this news comes out. And it just feels my anger inside as a fan. Like, why are you doing this to me? It's so easy to make a good Spawn movie. Why can't you do it? Ellipsis? Do you believe? Yes. Or colon? No. Ellipsis. Dot, dot, dot. The title has an ellipsis in it. Yes, it does. Spawn ellipsis. Do you believe? Do you believe? Yes. That is a a really bad title. That is the worst title for a movie I've ever heard of. I can, the only, I could see maybe like a a share documentary being titled Do You Believe? But that's, (laughs) but that's about the only, the only movie I can think that that might work on as a title. Uh, like I said, I know you don't care. I needed to get that off my chest. Hey, good. I, that's what we're here for, man. Ooh, I feel lighter. Yeah, I'm yeah. glad. I'm glad. You know, it'd be nice if, if you had someone you could, you know, get that off. Your, you don't have to wait till the weekend <laughs> to yeah. get that stuff off your chest. Well, Maybe my, par- social media. my parents don't care. <laughs> and I don't like to post my thoughts about our do we cares, our upcoming do we sure, cares. Sure, sure, yeah. I want to save it for the show. Well, there you go. So... I've been carrying that around for a couple days. Hey, listen, that's a worthwhile rant. I think that is an awful title as well, and yes. I don't even care about it. So yeah. at the end of the day, there's a movie involved, and whether that's good or bad is probably the final result. But... Yeah, Todd McFarlane, who wrote the comics, is also going to direct it, so I know it's going to be terrible. Even though Jeremy, <laughs> even though Jamie Foxx and Jeremy Renner are in the movie. Oh, uh, yeah. All right, well, there you go. Yeah, it's going to wrap it up for Do We Care. Uh, let's get into our reviews. We got two of them, and we're excited to talk about both of them. Let's kick it off with Venom. Look around at the world. What do you see? A planet on the brink of collapse. Human beings are disposable. But man and symbiote combined. This is a new race, a new species. A higher life form. Journalist Eddie Brock is trying to take down Carlton Drake, the notorious and brilliant founder of the Life Foundation. While investigating one of Drake's experiments, Eddie's body merges with the alien Venom, leaving him with superhuman strength and power. Twisted, dark, and fueled by rage, Venom tries to control the new and dangerous abilities that Eddie finds so intoxicating. Uh, here we go. Let's talk about Venom, the Marvel character, uh, which we have seen on the big screen before, right? We a little bit in Spider-Man Three. We're not going to talk about that, but, but yeah. I, well, I just did. Unfortunately, I'm yeah. so sorry. If you didn't want to talk about that, I'm sorry I brought it up. Uh, but now with uh, his own movie, so to speak, through Eddie Brock and through Tom Hardy playing that character, uh, we also have Riz Ahmed as uh, Carlton Drake and. Um, uh, her name just slipped my Michelle mind. Williams. Michelle Williams. Of all people. Yeah. Michelle Williams in a Venom movie. Uh, so, yeah, let's let's take a look at this. Let's talk about it. But first, what did you think? Did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it? Or it was just okay? Uh, gotta say this first. Uh, initially, I went into this movie with low expectations because somebody leaked 
shocked to me, and I hate when people do this, that the reviews for this movie were coming back atrocious. Yeah. So I was like, oh, man, I was really looking forward to that. But I like this movie. I liked it. I really did. Good, good. I'm excited to hear your take on it. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, it was just okay. That's fair. Um, I I Because I get that. Yeah, I know. No. I look at it and I see all those flaws. Well, the here's the thing. I went into this not expecting to like it. And there's some stuff about this that is really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, for one, the thing that stood out to me as the reason I would want this movie and even its sequels is the relationship between this alien creature and its host, right? Yeah. That parasite host relationship is fascinating to me. Yeah. And the way Tom Hardy captures it is fascinating to me. Um, so I, there's a quirkiness to that relationship. But there's also there's a, a haunting element to it as yeah, well. There's, there's, yeah, there's these things that play on that relationship that I'm just like, hmm, that could be really fun. And when those things are at the forefront and when, and more importantly, when the movie understands what works about those things and is putting them in the forefront, I think there's a good movie here. Yeah. So that's that's when it's working for me. Yeah. Is the relationship stuff. Yeah. Uh, Tom Hardy as Eddie Brock was great. He's so and, great. And Tom Hardy as Venom was great. Tom Hardy as anything is great. Can we just be honest? Yeah. Like, what, like where, where's the bad Tom Hardy performance? Bane. Bane's a great performance. It's just, he makes choices, right? He's always swinging. The fire rises, Aaron. <laughs> okay, so the choices he makes in that movie, I don't think were handled well enough to bring that character to where he wanted it to be. In other yeah. words, I think they needed to do something with how well that character was understood in the audio. Yeah. But I think his performance in that movie is just fine. And Bane's supposed to be Hispanic, but we're not going to go there. Okay, yeah. No, yeah, I didn't I didn't even realize that, but Yeah, it's uh, a luchador mask. Oh. Yeah. Well, anyway, well, that's that's a, I like that's how uh, <laughs> twice in this episode we've said we're not going to go there after we went there. Yeah, <laughs> that's just what we do. Continue though. Yeah, Tom Hardy's amazing. Yeah, and uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, Tom Hardy also does the voice for Venom. Yeah, um, and I think it's interesting because he understands both sides of this character so well. He understands the uh, the Eddie Brock element. You know, the journalist willing to do whatever it takes. To get the truth to people. Yeah. And then he understands a completely opposite character of a host or a parasite looking for a host so it can survive. And how empathy and, you know, morality don't, you know, really play into that side of the character, whereas they do in Eddie Brock. And he's able to do it in such a way where both of these characters, when you combine them actually mesh together really well and that just that just goes to show you how good this guy is Uh, yeah i think he's phenomenal in it uh i loved every moment he had uh you know it's it's a choice he's always making a choice in what he's doing and Mm -hmm. uh i just i think he's he's incredible so yeah i if when and if this movie works it's because of tom hardy yeah in my opinion and Mm -hmm. And I talk about that relationship. He's both sides of that relationship. Yeah. So it's all Tom Hardy. Yep. <laughs> that it's pretty much all Tom Hardy that I love in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, did you have any other positives you wanted to bring to the forefront? Uh, though? A couple. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I like the action in this movie. I think the action is really fun and entertaining to watch. I, eh, it was okay. Really? Yeah. I wasn't blown away by it. It felt messy to me. It felt very um, first Transformers movie where it's just it's all it's just all a mess. And then oh, I guess that person did something. It's just. I don't know. It's a it's a lot of uh, same on same craziness. I to like me. I like whenever and this isn't spoiler if you've seen the trailers. I like you know seeing you know the symbiote shove its way out of Eddie Brock to like punch somebody and how sure. his actual physical body's reacting to like being dragged yeah, around. Yeah, some of that stuff was cool. Yeah, I was thinking more you know kind of climax stuff and some of the action oh. towards the end just felt it just it it didn't seem. It was just a, it was just a mess to me. It just it yeah. seemed like a jumbled mess to me. But, but you're, if you you're read right, the comics, of, like I think of the like the um, there's a bike chase. Yeah, I was gonna scene. say the bike chase scene really is, probably, is probably the best example of something that works. Yeah, 
uh, uh, in that way. Also, uh, I like the pacing in this movie. I didn't. It didn't feel too slow or rushed in certain parts. You know, I was you know with it the entire way through. I I think the pacing's okay. the yeah. The first part of the movie was a little slow for me. Uh, I kind of wanted more venom. I kind of wish somehow I don't know how I don't know how you structure this in an origin story, but I wish we knew the character of Venom a little bit sooner because the movie takes an angle towards these symbiotes for I think the first act at least where they're you know there isn't really a consciousness to them you know the movie doesn't really give them you know much more than you would think of an animal consciousness you know kind of thing um so the intelligence of these creatures uh is and and more than that the personality of these creatures is missing from the first you know act of this movie and i kind of missed that my counter argument to that is i think we're supposed to discover these characters as Eddie Brock is discovering them. Sure. Like, you don't know what's going to happen to him unless you know you've read the comics right. and stuff. So you're going through that with him of, like, what is this thing? And even, um, uh, Re- what's Rez's, Rez's character's name again? Carlton Drake, Carlton I believe. Carlton Drake, yeah. Uh, even he doesn't understand what they are. He wants to, you know, and he's doing some terrible things to try and understand yeah. them. But at the same time, you know, you want that mystery to last until Eddie Brock can m- have it all make sense to you. I, I get that, and I think you're right. Um, I just think this this movie is missing something because so much of what happens as we move along in the story depends on us understanding the personality of not just Venom, but also other alien symbiotes, mm-hmm. and we just don't. We just don't know them. And so because at the end we're supposed to, I think, buy into some of those beats, I just I'm just not familiar. It just becomes, you know, creatures I don't really understand or know with motives that, you know, I've barely gotten into trying to do stuff. Even in the comics, it's fairly recent that we're finding out more about the symbiotes yeah. and their home world and like who created them but this movie but this movie wants to be about that in some ways you know what i mean like it, it really yeah. it wants to bring that to the forefront and so because of that i just felt like there was some of that lacking in the first part yeah uh again counter argument um it wouldn't be a venom movie then it'd be a symbiote movie but i think they kind of, that's the mistake i think they kind of made is they kind of made a symbiote movie instead of a venom movie oh but I don't think you can have one without the other. Well, yeah. Like, I can't I can't There's a see... symbiotic relationship between the two. Hey. No, I, I'm just thinking in my mind, like, I don't know how you could, you know, make a movie solely about symbiotes or a movie solely about Venom without, you know, you know mentioning well, let's, let's one or another. It, let's think of it like Predator. Let's think of it like the first Predator movie. Yeah. Where it's not, it's not spending time on all the Predator stuff. The Predator's just you know, the there is there and is the catalyst to what happens with this group of people. You know, if you see Venom as a personality character catalyst to what's going on and we have something different as the motivating uh, story points, you know, to uh, conflict resolution, that story is not about symbiotes. It's about humans, maybe Mm -hmm. about something in Eddie Brock's life. Um, then I, I think, I think you can do that. And then you can, if you want, you can get into symbiotes, where they come from, you know, how they interact with each other, all that kind of stuff later on. But to do that in this movie, just, it felt like we were trying to, to do a little too much. Yeah. Maybe the only way to make it work that way that you're talking about Mm -hmm. is to actually put it in the Spider-Man universe and have Spider-Man actually be a part of it. Yeah. I think that would be the only way. That you're talking about to make that work? Possibly. I'm not sure. I just I know it was a, a part of the movie that felt a little bit lacking for me. Okay. Uh, cons now? Yeah, sure. Man, Michelle Williams and Tom Hardy are not good together. <laughs> I didn't notice that at all, actually. Oh, man, that chemistry was so bad. Was it? Oh, man, are you kidding? It was like the most cringy thing of the entire movie. I did not see any... I did not pick up any emotional you know, caring between those characters. I mean, Michelle Williams doesn't love Tom Hardy, and, and he doesn't love her. I but never see, felt that. No, I agree, but I don't know if the movie wanted us to feel that. You know, they were engaged. Yeah, get- but they were. But 
the story moved on from that so fast. And she was, if anything, I felt like the movie wanted us to see her as uh, a friend who cared about him, but, you know, was was almost just kind of a... Here's, here's the thing about all the, the story beats for me mm-hmm. in this movie is the 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 movie almost seems confused on what it wants to be, where it wants to go and what it want and how it wants the audience to react. Um so there's the the usual nonsense that's in a lot of the, there's a lot of nonsense in this movie. Just stuff that doesn't make any sense story-wise, character-wise, all that kind of stuff. And we can go into detail on some of the things that hit yeah. me in the in spoilers that gonna, kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, I'm going to need specifics on that. Um but there's so I can tell you you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm making I, it sound like I love this movie. It's just like, I, well, I liked you liked it. it more than me, and yeah, so yeah. it's going to come off as if you love it and I hate it. Neither of which is true. Mm-hmm. Um, but just we're on, you know, we're enough apart on our view on this that it'll feel that way. So yeah. I think people can understand that. But I, there's, you know, Venom's motivations seem ridiculous to me, uh, story wise. Uh, the the relationship plot that you mentioned with no chemistry it wasn't a chemistry issue for me it was a story issue for me okay. it doesn't it doesn't make sense story wise uh, you know kind of what's going on there there's a uh, a lab tech who plays a key role in this who um, is well what we thought was going to be no, never mind well that's what I'm saying yeah like the story the story doesn't seem to understand what it wants to do with the pieces. And it also doesn't seem to understand at points how it wants the tone of this movie to come off. There are moments in this movie where I feel like Venom wants to be taken seriously, not the the character, the movie. Yeah. Um, where it's like, oh, we're doing real emotion now. We're doing real story work now. And it's like, yeah, you can't do that and then also do this uh, without some real craftiness. And I don't think this movie has the craftiness to pull off both of those things. And that's why I feel like... I'm going to say over 50% of the laughs that happened in my theater to this movie were not laughs the movie intended them to to have. It mm. seemed like so much of the humor was unintentional and uncomfortable. The people around me felt like they were laughing and then they'd be like, wait, was I supposed to laugh at that? I think it's actually wanting me to feel something now. Mm. You know, and, and so it was like it was very, there was a lot of that unintentional humor. And I think it's because the movie itself couldn't quite find its rhythm of the kind of movie it wants to be when it was working in that silly goofy quirky crazy kind of way it was working but then when it wanted to be uh you know taken a little bit more seriously i I feel like the movie kind of lost its its legs it's fair enough so that's my major negative uh another negative for me i don't think that reese ahmed slash carlton drake is a good villain well and in when we get into specifics about story points that don't work for me yeah he is key yeah. I, I think he, he is complete nonsense. Yeah. That that character where he's coming from, the overtopness of it, all of it is just it's it's not believable. No, it's not believable at all. Yeah. Even for a for a Marvel character. Yeah. And we've seen a lot that mm-hmm. are just weird. He's still he's up there with uh I I forget the name of the character but you know the main villain in mm-hmm. uh first Ant-Man movie. I'm like, "Why are you that person? That person is not real." Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. There's there's a if if he is trying to be a real, there's uh he's a sociopath, you know, or or some sort because there's just there's no I don't know, you're you're right. It's that that character is awful. Yeah. So it brings the movie down quite a bit. Yep. <clears throat> Any more negatives for you? No, I think I mentioned, you know, kind of the underlying negatives that affected my whole view of the thing. It it's it's kind of a tale of two, uh, you know, stories. In many ways for me, where at times I'm like, oh, this could be a fun movie. And then other times I'm like, oh, come on, you know. And so I don't know. It's got it's got both those things going. And you think of like um, the other thing I will say, and we'll talk more about this in spoilers, uh, because I always watch. I don't always, but I often watch trailers afterwards to get an idea of what the marketing was, that kind of thing. This is the this is the maddest I've been at a trailer for spoiling things in a long time. Oh, really? Um there, there is a whole section of this trailer that is, I mean, completely ruins the movie. Like it would have, comp- it would have changed my movie experience in a huge way. I'd be interested to yeah. figure out what that is. We'll talk about that in spoilers. Okay. Um, 
because I don't want the same thing to happen to somebody else if yeah. they don't watch trailers. Uh, You're the only one, Aaron. <laughs> it feels that way some days. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. I, you know, it's a soft recommend for me. It's definitely a movie. It's a movie I'm glad I saw because you know there's there's so much interesting here. And to be honest, it's a movie. Even though I'm right down the middle of the road on it, where eh, it was okay, I guess. Um, I, I kind of want to see the next one. Yeah, I, I want, because I want them to improve. I want them to to take the things that worked mm-hmm. and do better with the other things. Yeah, uh, I want to see it again because I had fun with it. Actually, yeah. it's a movie that I could see myself, you know, just plugging in. I'm like, ah, let's just watch a uh, Venom. That was a fun movie. It's not one I have to, you know, commit my yeah. attention to really. Yeah, I'm not excited to see it again. I'm excited to see the better version of this movie, which, oh. which hopefully will be the next one. Yeah. And I, I do actually do hope they make another one. I do, too. I really so, do. There you go. There's our thoughts on Venom. Woo! Um, and let's. you just want to move into Stars Born? Yeah. All right, let's talk Stars Born. Can I ask you a personal question? Okay. Tell me something, girl. Do you write songs or anything? I don't sing my own songs. Why? I just don't feel comfortable. Why wouldn't you feel comfortable? Almost every single person has told me they liked the way I sounded, but that they didn't like the way I look. I think you're beautiful. Seasoned musician Jackson Maine discovers and falls in love with struggling artist Allie. She is just about giving up on her dream to make it big as a singer until Jackson coaxes her into the spotlight. But even as Allie's career takes off, the personal side of their relationship is breaking down as Jackson fights ongoing battles with his own internal demons. Uh, this is a Bradley Cooper joint through and through. Uh, he is acting his heart out, directing his heart out, uh, and pleading for Oscars in every moment. Uh, this is this is going for it. This is a movie that yeah. goes for it. Uh, Lady Gaga in here doing work as well. Uh, Andrew Dice Clay doing some work in here. Sam Elliott. Sam Elliott uh, giving a great performance. Uh, I We'll start us off. I really liked this movie. I'm not quite in the loved it category, but I'm willing to go with really liked it. How'd you feel? Loved it. I'll never see it again. It, it is one of the. It can be one of those. I. I mean, I disagree. It's, I will definitely see it again. But um, I'll listen to the soundtrack till the day I die because it's an amazing <laughs> soundtrack. That's true. But the movie itself, and this is going to sound like a con, it's just so heavy. It's so you know, just weighs on you, you right. know, afterwards. Like even it's now, going for it, man. Even now looking at this movie, I'm like, wow, that I, I could never watch that again. It's too emotional. I think it's intentional. There are there's so many pros I have about this. I'm just gonna start right here. Yeah, Sam just gonna list them. Sam Elliott's gonna win an Oscar. That is one of the best supporting performances I've ever seen. He's great. It's insane. This I, movie's going for all the Oscars. Yeah. It's it's obviously it's gonna win like the uh the scoring and the soundtrack if and stuff it doesn't, like that. If it doesn't win best original song for the Shallows, Shallows yeah, I like I'll, I'll well, hey, we I'll thought, eat my headphones. We <laughs> thought we thought Drive It Like You Stole It was a shoe in to win, and it wasn't even nominated. So, <laughs> yeah, I will be so surprised. Yeah, um, yeah, it, Oscars all around in this movie. It's insane. It's at least going for them. I don't know. You know, there's still a lot of time to to talk about this stuff. Um, you want to start with the performances? Yeah, uh, I. I had some back and forth with Bradley Cooper's performance, but overall, I thought it was phenomenal. He does some things in this movie I didn't know he was capable of, honestly. There are some moments in this movie where I 100% bought in that he was Jackson Maine, that he had lived this life, that he was struggling with these demons. Um, Man, he's he's putting in some really great work, and I only qualified it at the beginning because my only negative, and it was a big one for me, has to do with the performances and his in particular. And we'll, we'll get there, but I, okay. for now, I just want to emphasize when it, when he's good in this, he is so good in this. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I think Bradley Cooper's amazing. Lady Gaga? Super good. Yeah. Did not know she had that in her. I mean, I knew she was talented, obviously, but you can add acting to her resume because, wow, she was good. Yeah. Yeah, I thought she was great. Yeah. Doing uh, good work. But Sam Elliott, you think, is the standout best supporting actor? He, for me, in this movie, is the best performance. Okay. Like, easily. Andrew Dice Clay is super good as the dad. Mm-hmm. Um, there's really not any bad performances. Mm-hmm. They're either all amazing or phenomenal. 
or Sam Elliott. <laughs> he's in his own category above phenomenal there's there's one scene with him and uh bradley cooper you I know, know this i know the scene you're talking about and it was one of the most emotional scenes like from a movie backing out of the driveway is that the scene you're talking about no that, that although although that scene i was like about to cry yeah but uh, i thought that was what you're talking about which one how would you uh coyly classify that the scene you're talking about uh uh farm farm yeah, selling mm. the farm. All right. Okay. Yeah. You know I think what I'm, I'm talking about? You. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm with you. Yeah, just seeing uh, Sam Elliott just chew up dialogue like he's like, you know what? Yeah, I'm in the ranch, but you know what? I'm also Sam Elliott. I was in Tombstone. Yeah. And I can show you what I can do. It's because maybe this is why I see Sam Elliott and I know exactly who he's going to be in a movie. Right. He's always going to be the he's tough, Whistler. grizzled. <laughs> Yeah, what? He said he's Whistler. Yeah, he's Whistler. Uh, but you know what? He's got that gravelly voice. He's uh, he's just the cowboy. Yeah. And yeah, he's Western-ish in this movie, but he shows so much emotion that I've never seen him give that I didn't even know he had that in him. And I'm like, oh my gosh, Sam Elliott, this is this is so good. Why weren't you doing this throughout your entire career? <laughs> no, it's insane. I was. He's my biggest takeaway from this movie. Great performances all around. Besides the soundtrack. I was going to say, we need to move into the the amazing soundtrack. Yeah, every single song in this movie is, like, so good. I, well, every single song does what it's supposed to do. There's a pop song in this movie that's awful. Yeah, but it's supposed to be awful. <laughs> but it's supposed to be awful. Yeah. But what's interesting is it's awful in a very authentic way. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, because I hate modern music and it, it doesn't is pure feel, modern. It doesn't feel... Like that's a song that couldn't really exist. You just you get the sense of how Jackson Maine especially is hearing, you know, what Ali is doing. So yeah. wasted potential. Yeah. So it's it's interesting how or well the, talent. the well the movie does that. Yeah. Um yeah, I found that that uh that SNL section of the movie yeah. fascinating. Yeah. Um so it's a great Sam Elliott moment in that section of the movie oh, too. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, the music is, I will say this about the music and maybe this is a slight con that I'll sneak in here and well, we're still kind of praising this movie. I think the music peaks early though. I think the biggest moment of the movie happens too early. Um, that there's a duet that happens early, early on in the movie that I think is the best musical moment of the entire film. Is it shallow? Yeah. Yeah. And is, I mean, blew my mind, raised my spirits gave me goosebumps and from then on i was just like yeah this music's good oh this moment's good but nothing ever lived up to the moment that happened 30 minutes in i don't think you're supposed to here's what i think and this is going to lead into one of my cons so I'll, i'll just say this pacing this movie is rushed beyond everything, but it's intentional the way it's rushed because after that song, you mean time wise like they're big time jumps yeah yeah but also like the uh, the emotional level of this movie is always so high. It it never you know gives you time to just relax and like live in a moment. It mm-hmm. always feels so rushed. But I think that that's intentional because it's supposed to give you the idea of what it's like to be in this industry. Mm-hmm. You're always going ninety to nothing yeah. in this movie. Um, so after Shallows plays, her life is just go 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 go. Next thing, next thing, next thing. And to an audience member, it feels like you got to slow down i can't keep up that's how she feels probably Mm -hmm. my life needs to slow down it's changing way too fast yeah so i think it's intentional that it peaks at shallows and then because of like how the industry treats you know we need the next big song we need the next big song that after that it doesn't live up to it because no i think that's intentional but i think the movie the movie should, and I believe is, trying for a bigger moment at the end. And I don't think it quite gets there. I don't think it earns what it wants for the final culmination of this movie. Um, and the the structure of the movie should be, and I think was attempting to be, build up to this, this moment that happens that I'm talking about. Yeah. Amazing. And then, oh, what now? rush through what now oh this isn't you know and then it's supposed to peak again at the climax a little it should peak higher than are you talking musically i'm talking musically i'm talking story-wise all of it kind of works together 
But specifically, I'm talking musically because okay. we're kind of dealing with that right now. Yeah. And the moment, the moment that it it wants to be, I don't think it quite hits the note it wants to hit. So okay, are um, you talking about the very last song? Yeah. yeah. Maybe it's just because "Shallows" is such a good song. I know. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying they may have. It, it it's an unfortunate just. Uh, so you're saying if "Shallows" was the very last song, you would have left the theater going, "This is the greatest movie ever." Possibly, possibly, <laughs> because structure wise, that's important, right? Like to feel that. I mean, music itself works that way, right? Like, yeah. you know, uh, you understand the the chords and the harmonies and all that kind of stuff, and then maybe there's some dissonance, but at the end, big resolution, you know, that kind yeah. of thing. So, and and not every piece of art has to be this way. But I think this piece of art specifically is trying to be that way in a very big way, and it just doesn't. I think it hit a ground rule double when it wanted a home run or grand slam. You know what I mean? I don't like so. baseball. <laughs> well, then I'll try to stay away from that metaphor. I use baseball metaphors in so many things, uh, swinging for the fences, yeah. all that kind of stuff. But, anyways, um, that that is. A very minor thing compared to the amazingness that is this this music, the amazingness that is Lady Gaga's voice. Yeah, um, it's crazy. You feel so much emotion, like exactly the right emotion mm-hmm. that is needed for that moment in her singing. Yeah, You're like she, like uh, for Shallows, you know, she's like, I can't believe this is happening to me right mm-hmm. now, and you can right. feel that in her voice. Yeah. Or pain later on in her voice, you or know? even the uh, uh, Villa Rose or whatever the, oh, song, the French song, the French song that she sings yeah. uh, is so perfect and so great. When you know she's singing at a, a drag bar as the only non-drag, yeah. you know, performer. Um, those that, characters that whole scene were so, are fun. so fun. Oh yeah, I love ton them. of fun. Yeah, that yeah, that was that was absolutely great. So yeah, um, like I said. I'll probably never see this again. I don't want to see this again, but I'm so glad that I saw it. It's my number two movie of the year. It's so good. Yeah. Uh, but like I said, it's just so... It gets so real that I don't feel comfortable going back there. All right, so let's go here with my biggest con, and the reason that I can only say I really liked it instead of loved it. Okay. Um, And that it 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 won't be my number two of the year. I'm not sure where it will land. I'm sure it'll be in my, my top movies of the year, but... Yeah. Um, I think there are moments in this movie where you can feel the the overacting. Just very, okay. just very brief moments, especially from Bradley Cooper. Uh, there's a desperation in some of these moments where I'm like, I'm j- I just I was with you, and all of a sudden I'm not with like I I'm not believing it now. Yeah. Uh, I feel like you're trying too hard. You're trying to make it the worst case scenario. Yeah, yeah. Some of that kind of stuff in, in your in 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 this again, I still I still really like this movie and I think his performance is phenomenal overall. We've already, you know, put that on the foundation. But because there are those moments where I'm like, oh, the seams are kind of showing to me, the effort is kind of showing to me. Yeah. It just it pulls me out for a split second and then I'm back in because of something else, right? And because that happens in this movie a few times, enough times that I, you know, that I'm just like, ah, oh, you know, I, I, I wish it had been consistent all the way through in that for me. And it just wasn't. Yeah. So that's that was my biggest negative, really my only major negative. But it was enough for me to go. I, I can't because here's the thing, because if you're not tuned into this movie's frequency, I can imagine even more of the movie feeling that way to you. Yeah. Like if you, if you come in and you're just like, Oh, Bradley Cooper's trying to, you know, win Oscars. I can imagine 60 to 70% of this movie just being like, Oh, come on. You know, um, the movie got me. And I think is technically a, a well-made enough film that it will get most people to buy in. But you might be that person that goes, goes in and starts rolling your eyes at some of this stuff. And what I'm saying is I actually kind of felt that too, in a few moments, but only a few moments. For yeah. me, so so yeah. Uh, there's a couple scenes where I feel like it was just pure cameo, you know, like mm. oh, guess who we got for this part? Oh, guess who we got for this part? And you're like, but it doesn't serve a purpose really, mm. other than filler for an already long movie, which I definitely felt, you know, I felt the length of this movie. Yeah, maybe because I just saw Venom literally. And I walked out of that theater and I walked right into A Star is Born. So maybe it was just, you know, sitting in a theater for so long. But um, did you feel like it was a longer movie? 
Um, even I, for a rushed movie, it felt long. I, yeah, well, I don't. There's a couple things. Number one, I don't feel like it felt as rushed as I think you you felt it felt. Okay, I, it did do some time jumps, but I never felt like I missed information. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like when I think a movie is rushed, I feel like oh whoa 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 I'm, I don't understand. I, I don't understand what you know what's happening now. This movie, I always understood what was You're happening. Like, oh okay, so we're here now. Yeah, exactly. And I, th- I felt like the movie made it clear enough that it, it didn't really feel rushed to me. Um. I would say on a uh, how many times you look at your watch scale <laughs> in this movie, it was only once or twice for me. Yeah. Um. So yeah, you can feel its length a little bit here or there, but not not anything drastic. Where you're like, oh come on, is this the fourth ending to Lord of the Rings that we're gonna get? You yeah. Know what I mean? it's, <laughs> it's it's not nothing like that. Um. I didn't feel it in that way. So. Yeah. Uh. Overall, it's, it's a huge recommend for me. I oh, think yeah. it's it's something oh, that yeah. needs to be seen. I you know you're right. The you know as the story moves on it goes to some places that are very heavy very deep um so be aware of that maybe if you have certain triggers you may want this is one of those movies you may want to go to one of those sites that you know uh catalogs triggers for people um and say you know and uh and you know find out if something that's that's really going to upset you is in here because there are definitely some things there's a specific moment i do want to talk about in spoilers that i can't decide if i want it if it it's a con for the movie for me, but um, there's a specific thing that happens that left me angry at the movie, uh, and so I want to talk about that in spoilers. All but, right, but uh, can't talk about it here because it is definitely a big plot point. So, um, anything else? That's good for me. I think I'm good too. Uh, I'll be. It'll be interesting. To, Oscar season has officially begun, right? Yeah. Like uh, it is. We're gonna. I like first man's next first, week. Is it next and, week? Yeah, I think. Wow. And uh, and it'll just it'll just pop off from there. Yep. Uh, movie after movie. So I, I'm excited for it. I, I love I love that both of these movies, Venom and A Star Is Born. I feel like go for it. And I love movies in that, different ways. In different ways, but I love movies that go for it even when they don't they don't quite get there. So yeah, exciting times. Uh, before we head on to the SIF quest, uh, heads up. If you support at Patreon, the podcast network, patreon.com slash studio DNA, thank you. That will continue uh, to get you access to all the podcasts on the network and the bonus episodes from all those podcasts. Uh, do want to let you know, though, uh, if you want to support Sif Pop specifically for the Sif Pop bonus episodes, you can uh, do that coming soon. Not quite yet, although you could go to patreon.com slash your movie friend, which is my uh, YouTube uh, Patreon uh, that's going to be combining with the Sif Pop Patreon. So we'll have the podcast episodes up there as well as the perks that come along with the movie uh, reviews that I do on your movie friend. So just a heads up that that's kind of on the horizon. Nice. Uh, and above all of that, at the foundation, all of that is just saying thank you for sending dollar bills uh, our way to help keep this thing going. It means the world to us. So go to patreon.com slash studio DNA or patreon.com slash your movie friend. And thank you for doing so. All right, let's get on to um, the the Sift Quest this week. Uh, this comes to us from Gideon on Twitter. says, I noticed on my letterbox trend that Game Night went from a three-star to a four-and-a-half-star uh, review over five different views, and Ex Machina went from an eight to a ten uh, on my rating scale. Do you have any movies you already like that just keep going up over time every single time that you watch them? Okay, interesting. I read it differently. How'd you read it? I thought it Answer was... Answer the question that you read. Uh, I thought my I thought the question was more of like a movie that I loved that people started catching on and then they got to the level where I thought the movie was initially. Oh, interesting. We can talk about that question. No, he's saying his personal rating... That it keeps going up on his Every time list. he watched it, he'd yeah. move it or bump it up another star. I guess I have an answer for that one too. Okay, uh, what do you got? Quick, uh, Pulp Fiction... Okay. Every single time I see it, I'm like, okay, yeah, it's just so good. It's so good. And it keeps going up on my list. I'm like, wow. I, every single <laughs> time, yeah, I was surprised. Um, I'll just get my other ones out of the way that I really sure. misread. Uh, Fight Club, uh, whenever I first saw it, I'm like, yeah, that's such a good movie. And then people finally started picking up. Okay, yeah, it really yeah. is a good movie. And then the other one was Scott Pilgrim. Mm. where Because when that movie came out, not a lot of people liked it. But I think people are starting to come around to yeah. really like this That movie was ahead of its time in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, Edgar Wright, so great. Yep. What about you? What you got? Um, I The Prestige 
is probably the key example of this in in my movie watching. When I first saw The Prestige, I was like, oh, that's a really good movie. And then every time I watch it, I would catch something else. And you know, like, and okay, this like, is one of the greatest movies ever made. Oh, wait a second. This, this is a great movie. And the next time I watch it, I'd be like, oh, wait a second. This is a genius movie. Yeah. And then after that, oh, wait a second. This may be the greatest film ever put to, you know, yeah. put to film. So, uh, yeah, The Prestige is definitely that movie for me uh, that has just continued to climb every single time uh, that I watch it. And, you know, I think that's a wonderful experience. I love it when that happens. It's happened in minor ways with even popcorn kind of fare. Um, Force Awakens is like that for me. Uh, the first time I watched Force Awakens, I was like, oh, I love this. This is so great. Then I watched it again and I was like. Oh no! This is a this is really great. Like some yeah. of the thematic work in this is is brilliant. You know, some of the things that I didn't catch the first time around. Um, so I love it when a movie is so layered that it can do that to you. Yeah. You know, and that's that's what happens for me. Now, the Last Jedi, I hate every single time I see it. And <laughs> I hate, I hate it a little bit more. worse. Yeah, it's so good. It's such a good movie. Sure, a- Andrew and I uh, embody the entire. Uh, internet when we discuss the, the last Jedi. oh yeah that's anytime anybody mentions it's pure anytime anybody rips on it then the comments are filled with people are like no it's great and then people who say it's great and their comments are filled with it's the worst movie ever yep. did you see there was an article released uh just recently that said a lot of that internet hate was actually uh russian trolls russian troll bots Duh. uh that what the <laughs> <laughs> So. Andrew Ormsby does not like The Last Jedi. <laughs> this is a bad movie. Very bad. Uh, that, that was possibly the best Russian ask, accent I've ever heard, Andrew. Thank you. <laughs> Very well done. Uh, so there you go. Thank you so much for that question, Gideon. We appreciate it. Uh, send us on a sift quest by emailing us or tweeting at us. You can tweet me at Aaron Dicer or email feedback at siftpop.com. We would love to answer your question, solve your debate, or just go on a quest that you send us on. So, there you go. Uh, what do you got for your buried treasure this week? Uh, it's a movie that came out last year that, uh, ironically, I probably could have used for this last thing. A movie that I like more and more every single time I see it. Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle. Oh, yeah? I've been watching it, like, once a day for, like, past couple days. Nice. It's just so fun. I went into that movie, and I think I said during the review, I went into that movie wanting to hate it. I really did. I just wanted it to be so bad so I could feel validated because uh-huh. the trailers looked awful. And I'm like, did they? Oh, they look so bad because, you know, growing up with the first Jumanji, you know, being a board game, I'm like, oh, they're turning it into a video game. Yeah. Oh, they got like superpowers and stuff. Oh, I hate it. I love that movie. It's so fun. It is so fun. And it's just like a video game where you want to keep going back to it over and over again. Yeah, I'm excited for this, for the sequel. I can't wait to see what they do. A sick part of me actually wants to do it. Like, you know, actually go into the game and play it. Yeah? Yeah, I don't know why, but like one little sick element in my head is like, Andrew, you, you need to get inside that game and play it. <laughs> you, you do know that's not possible, right? Like, that's... That I don't have to out. worry about it actually happening, Aaron. I know that, but okay. I'm like... I just wanted to make sure. Yeah, that we know of. Uh, what you got <laughs> i no i i want i just want to back up what you said that movie is just a joy it's yeah. just it's just a joy to watch yeah um did i talk about american vandal for buried treasure at all yet? you said that you planned on watching it but um, you said you hadn't yet i have now watched both seasons okay um and so i'll go ahead and do this for my buried treasure i had a backup just in case i'd already done this for buried treasure no no you hadn't done it because sometimes i forget uh, American Vandal is as good as everybody says it is. It is so... Have you seen either of the seasons? Not season two, but I said season one. Um, season two is... Uh, season one is a revelation. Season two is almost as good as season one, which is saying something. Yeah. Both of them do this amazing thing where you think you're just having a good time watching a mockument, you know, a mockumentary, a true crime-based mockumentary. Like, if you ever listen to podcasts like Serial or... Uh, or seeing Netflix making a murderer. Yeah. Um, you know, this is, that's what this is, you know, m- kind of making fun of. But it feels so real sometimes. It feels so real. It does that amazing thing, like I think of like Edgar Wright movies, 
uh, you know, like Shaun of the Dead, where it's kind of making fun of the thing, but also is a great example of the thing. Oh, yeah. Like the ending of Shaun of the Dead. Like, okay, now it's actually a real zombie movie now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Shaun of the Dead is both a hilarious send up of zombie movies, mm-hmm. but also its own great zombie movie, you yeah. know? Uh, Hot Fuzz is also, you know, a send up of, you know, cop dramas. Cop dramas. But also is a great cop drama, you know? So I think American Vandal does that where it's a send-up of these, you know, uh, true crime, uh, you know, reality shows. Documentary documentary style things. But it also is kind of a really good one itself. Yeah. Even though what it's saying isn't a real-life thing. um, I remember I was watching this and my wife came in and she's like, you know, she started watching. She thought it was real for a while, you know? Because it's just done so well. Yeah. So where I was going was saying not only is it that thing you know you've got where it's like, oh, this is fun. Like, yeah. this is fun that it does this so well and it's making fun of this and it's hilarious. But then beyond that, it's meaningful. Both seasons have beautiful meanings about how social media interacts with youth and what that means and what that can be in the, the final moments of both of these seasons does something I was not expecting it to do where it actually hits you in a place where you're like, oh, that's there's some truth there. That's that's yeah. very meaningful what you're saying. Um, I definitely picked up on that in season one. I'm glad to see that it came comes through absolutely. season two. After all the ridiculousness of what is in season two and the subject matter, uh, it is absolutely beautiful where they come to at the end of that so maybe it's the fact that it's ridiculous but it's not outlandish Mm. maybe that's what it is with season one i mean because i i don't even know what season two is about do you want me to tell you it's not i mean it's sure yeah yeah, it's it's, the whole setup is right there from the beginning so season two is all about a school event or prank or whatever where somebody put a high powered laxative in the school lemonade and so after lunchtime, everybody drank the lemonade and there was no place for everybody to go. And so they just had to start going in the hallways oh, and in the no. cafeteria. And so they called it the brownout. And so it's about discovering who did who it, did it yeah. you know, who created the, the brownout. So. So, yeah, there you go. I That's a little bit more ridiculous in season one, but not by much. Not by much. Yeah. But here's the thing. Um, you could see a kid doing that right it's not outlandish it's ridiculous but mm-hmm. not outlandish yeah yeah maybe that's where like they found the perfect middle ground between the two things like it's so ridiculous it captivates you and it keeps you intrigued throughout the entire season because it's so stupid yeah but it's still real enough that you could actually believe it yeah, I'd heard so many good things that, you know, I knew I had to get it on my list, and I'm glad yeah. I watched both seasons. It's a pretty quick watch. Season two is like eight episodes. Oh, really? So, um, yeah, it's a pretty quick watch. I think season one is a couple more than that. But, um, but yeah, so American Vandal. There you go. That nice. is my uh, my buried treasure. We did it! Podcasting! Woo! It's a thing! <laughs> yeah. And we accomplished it! Yeah. Thanks so much for joining us today for Sif Pop. It is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You can find out more about other live and later shows on the network by following us at Spreaker, either in the Spreaker app or at Spreaker.com slash Studio DNA. Huge thanks to Andrew for hanging out again today. Thanks, buddy. Chatting movies and such. Uh, you can find Andrew at Flick Freaks online, uh, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, Instagram or Instagram, Instagram. As, the, as the case may be. Yeah. Uh, you can find me at your movie friend on YouTube, Aaron Dicer, pretty much everywhere else. Uh, so come say hey. Much love and gratitude to our supporters as well for giving monthly to make this show and others on the Studio DNA Network possible. You can start support at three bucks a month. Comes with some pretty fun perks. Uh, lots of ways to connect with the podcast. You can comment at Spreaker or email us at feedback at sifpop.com. And finally, if you're having a good time, your movie-loving friends will probably like it too, so let them know about it and that listening is much easier than crafting jewelry from guitar strings. Uh, Spoiler chat going to be next up in your podcast feed for both movies. We'll have a separate podcast for each, uh, separate spoiler cast for each movie, so be ready for that. And then we'll be back next week with some chat on First Man. The constant energy, the tight turns and bustle of the city. Some are just happy to survive it. 
Others were destined to conquer it. The Lexus UX and UX F Sport crossovers with a 33 MPG combined estimate and the most advanced standard safety system in its class. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Click the banner to discover more. 2020 UX versus 2019 and 2020 competitors. Information from manufacturers' websites as of 8 13 2019. 2020 Lexus UX 200, EPA 29 City, 37 Highway, 33 combined MPG estimates. Actual mileage will vary. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.